Hello, catfish people. Welcome to the Peter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. I hope everybody is having a good day, whatever day it is that you happen to be listening to the show. It's a uh, beautiful, hot October day here. Uh, we uh, First week of October, I think it's the second day at the taping of this show. And uh, man, it is horrendously hot in the southeast. Uh, 90 degree days. I don't know how many we've had this year. I think it's a record number or dang close to it. Uh, the amount of hot days we've had is unreal. Water temperatures are still high. It's just making for a weird, weird fall. But the end is in sight. It's looking like this weekend. It's going to start getting back to some seasonable temperatures. And uh, that's going to be nice because, man, we're getting to that time of the year of good fall fishing. And this is when... Uh, this is when you can get on some good fish, uh, lots of fish too. Uh, it's probably not my favorite time for trophy fish, but it's a time when, uh, especially for flatheads, you can really get them stacked up and usually a lot, a big variety of fish are biting. Uh, it's just a good time. It's a good time to be a guide. If you're doing guide trips and the fishing guide, it's a great time to take people out because they can catch, it's got a good chance of catching big fish, got a good chance of catching a lot of fish and it's usually just some wonderful fishing. Sadly, it's been up and down, hit or miss right now here lately. And uh, the coolness is coming, though, folks. It's coming. It's not going to stay hot forever. And uh, we're going to get back into some good, good, good fishing. Uh, one of the other things that happens this time of the year, especially for us in the southeast, we've got a lot of tournaments that kick off this time of the year. And um, they run through the winter. Uh, a lot of the guys that run these tournaments are smart enough to realize that Summertime is not the best time to be doing fishing tournaments, and uh, just because of the heat and everything else, uh, they know that it's better off doing them in cooler temperatures, and uh, we've got a bunch of them that take off this time of the year. While some of the tournament series, like Cabela's and some of the other ones, are kind of winding to a close, uh, there's a lot of guys that are just kicking off their series, and uh, it made me think of something, and uh, we got into this discussion a little bit. After the Mississippi River Monsters fiasco with the fish that was not released, that was supposed to be released alive, but was not released, and to our knowledge is still being held captive by Bass Pro Shops. Uh, I say that affectionately in that they're taking very good care of it, but uh, we've not heard anything as far as what's happening with the fish. They've basically taken over custody of it and uh, are keeping it there in their Memphis store. To bring you all up to speed, if you missed that story, uh, there was a pre-fishing tournament, basically a tournament that happened before a, the Mississippi River Monsters tournament, and a guy caught a huge fish, thought it was a state record, wound up, uh, it was short of the state record, and according to the rules of the tournament, all the fish are supposed to be released alive. This one got handed off to Bass Pro Shop somewhere along the way, and... Uh, they basically have put it in quarantine, and the word is that they plan to put it on display. But my whole point in all this is that we kind of got into a little topic of discussion uh, about that practice uh, taking place and a bunch of other things. And 
I did a podcast, uh, which you can go back and check a couple of weeks ago, just talking about some of those things. And one of the things that uh, I got into was tournament limits, uh, just how the whole point was, is that tournaments, catfish tournaments is what I'm talking about, really need to evolve. Uh, they need to catch up. Um, they need to catch up to technology, the modern world, uh, other fishing tournaments. And one of my big complaints was that... Uh, Catfish tournaments need to reduce their limits. The Mississippi River Monster has a five-fish limit. Uh, Monsters on the Ohio, uh, Cabela's King Cat, uh, a bunch of these major tournaments. I think Winter Blues on Wheeler have five-fish limits. Now, some of the more progressive, uh, forward-thinking tournaments like the Southeastern Catfish Club and some others around the country have reduced their limits down to two. And... Part of my argument was that uh, it, it makes everything easier. My suggestion is go to two fish. Uh, reason being, uh, pretty much all the tournaments are two anglers. Uh, that's the way they're designed. The teams are designed for two anglers. A lot of these big lakes and rivers have a uh, 32, 34, 36-inch limit. So that means you can only have one fish over 32, 34, 36, whatever it is on that body of water per angler. So... In effect, you only can have two big fish, and then you're throwing in this other, what they call an under, an undersized one to try to get three, or you're dealing with three of them. Uh, my thesis is, one, uh, it's easier at weigh-ins. It shortens up the time of weigh-ins. These weigh-ins take forever. If you have ever watched a live stream from a weigh-in, it can take hours on some of these bigger tournaments with hundreds of boats showing up, and... Part of it is because they have to wrestle the fish out of the live well. They have to get them into a tote, get them over to the scales, weigh the big one, then get the undersized ones in. And it's just a big time-consuming fiasco that can be shortened up. Um, and the reason being is, one, it's very important for the fish. The longer these fish have to sit there in live wells and not getting fresh water circulated to them, more stress it is on the fish higher the rate of mortality on the fish. Uh, second thing, if these tournaments ever want to get to the point to where they have any value to viewers, people who are watching, people who are watching on the internet or through any type of shows, they're going to have to speed up the process. And I think there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of value to that. Uh, nobody's really capitalized on that yet. I think it'll happen at some point, but it's not being done now. But that's something they're going to have to do. Uh, it just makes the entire process a lot quicker. Now, I tell you all this uh, to go back to the title of this podcast and in uh, my statement that winning a major catfish tournament is luck. And I know a lot of people will cringe. Uh, a lot of people will click out of this podcast. But if you're smart, listen for a few minutes, listen to my argument on it. And I think at the end of this, you will agree that winning a major catfish tournament is luck. And once I explain to you my thought process on this, you'll, you should get and understand what I'm saying. I believe that small local fruit jar tournaments uh, with just a few boats in them, uh, varying degrees of uh, skill level, uh, varying degrees of people who decide to enter, very little publicity on the tournament, 
I think those tournaments are won by skilled anglers. Okay. You're going, what? Didn't you just say that that winning a tournament is luck? Well, sort of. I think a lot of maybe these new startup tournaments, something that a local parks and recreation uh, place may put on, I think those tournaments are won by skilled anglers. Uh, for the most part, they can be. They can. I guess that's the best way to put it. They can be won by a skilled angler. Stay with me on this. I'm going to explain some of this out. And all of this will tie back into that two fish limit. The bigger tournaments, however, especially something like the Mississippi River Monsters, uh, Winter Blues on Wheeler, Monsters on Ohio, the Cabela's King Cat Series, these tournaments have the best anglers in the country fishing in them. Now, granted, there's a lot of guys in there that are new to tournaments just getting into it. But the bottom line is, if you've got a tournament like Mississippi River Monsters that has 120 boats or whatever they had this year, I believe that 30, 40, maybe 50 of those teams have everything it takes to win that tournament. They have the skill. They have probably won tournaments before or won championships, points, championships, points, races. They have probably all caught big fish. They have probably all caught fish capable of winning tournaments. They know what it takes to land a big fish, get a fish in a net. They know what it takes to keep it alive. They know what it takes to transport it back. My point is... Half of that field has the ability to win that tournament. Half of the field has everything it takes to win it. And I truly believe that in these bigger tournaments. I don't believe there are any big favorites in any of these tournaments because there are so many really, really good skilled anglers fishing in these major tournaments. With that said, that is why I believe the people who win it have a lot of luck. And luck plays a big part in them winning that tournament. I'll give you an example. You look at the Mississippi River Monsters Tournament. I'm using that one as an example because it's very recent. Okay, The guy who caught the biggest fish pre-fishing in the pre-fishing tournament that all the controversy was over had a 109 pound fish. Okay. If you say to yourself, he's the best fisherman out there. Look at where he finished in the tournament on Saturday. If you look at some of the other anglers that were fishing in that tournament, some of the big names, the mass and gills and some of those guys that are excellent fishermen, excellent tournament fishermen have won tournaments, one point championships. There's a bunch of them that didn't make the top 30. Why? Did they just all of a sudden become bad fishermen? Did they all of a sudden forget what they were doing? Did they all of a sudden have no skill? Nope. They didn't have any luck. Luck was not on their side for that tournament. And I think that is my point in all of this is that The big argument for fewer fish is, well, anybody can catch one good fish. Anybody can get lucky and catch two good fish. But 
three fish, all of a sudden you become good at that point. Lyle Stokes from Catfish Weekly makes this argument that two fish anybody can stumble on, but all of a sudden there's a dividing line at three, and to catch three good fish, you got to be really, really good. I call BS on that. Don't believe it whatsoever, and I challenge anybody to prove it to me. My thesis is that winning a tournament among the top anglers out there takes luck. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not all luck. You're not getting just lucky in catching them. I'm saying all of these guys, not all of these guys, but a big percentage of them, probably half the field in a major tournament, has everything it takes to catch fish. They haven't gotten lucky their entire career in catching fish. They have everything it takes. They do everything right. But on that tournament day, luck is on their side. You can call it luck. You can call it timing, whatever. They made you know 50-50 decision on going right or left. It's luck is on their side, and it plays a very, very, very important part. And I thoroughly believe that whatever you set the limits at in a tournament, I'm totally opposed to five fish, totally opposed to four. I can tolerate three. I think two is wonderful. Whatever you set that limit at for a tournament, the best anglers will figure out a way to fish for those fish. And that's the thing I think people are ignoring here is when you fish for, if you're fishing a tournament for one fish, okay, it'll get be hard to get people to get to that point. I wish our tournament world was at that level. The way you fish for one big fish is totally different than the way you fish for two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen fish in a tournament. Your approach and your strategy is totally different. Uh, even fishing for two fish is almost like fishing for one. And I think that the tournament guys, the good tournament guys, the guys who are going to rise to the top again, will figure out a way to target those fish, fish for that, whatever that limit, that size is. Because depending on how you're fishing the body of water, your tactics are going to vary depending on how many fish you got to put in the live well, what kind of fish are in that lake, and what you can expect to catch. And I think the good tournament anglers are going to find a way to fish that water the best they can and then hope that luck is on their side and their plan comes together and it works. That is my take, my explanation of why winning a tournament, winning a major tournament among the best fishermen is luck. It's not all luck. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying that it's all luck. You just got lucky and you just stumbled on the fish. No, not saying that. You got to have all your other stuff together first. What is the saying? There's a saying, uh, luck is when preparation and opportunity come together and that's probably a good definition of what it takes to win a major catfish tournament and that is why i say reduce these limits down to two fish uh, for the protection of the resource first and foremost 
put the welfare of the fish first. Set a good example for those people who are watching because as tournament catfish continues to grow, as fishing for tournament catfish, I should say, fishing for tournament catfish and catfishing tournaments continue to grow, more and more eyeballs, at least we hope, are going to be looking at the sport from the outside. And if you truly want the catfish tournament world to grow, you... the tournament directors are going to have to stop worrying about entertaining the competitors and entertaining the people who may be watching the tournament because of my work schedule. I can't go fish a Mississippi river monsters tournament, or I may not be able to go to a winter blues or the past couple years. I hadn't been able to go to the ice bowl, but I would love to tune in and watch. And if you think about it, that's the thing with these tournament directors need to keep in mind is that they can have, 20 times the eyeballs watching what's going on at a tournament versus the number of people in the tournament. And that translates into a good deal, a good situation for all the people that are potential advertisers, sponsors, whatever you want to call them for a tournament. The whole point there is let's be good stewards for those people that are watching, good stewards for the resource and good stewards and set a good example, and be a good representative for the future generations because the catfish world is getting more and more pressure put on it. Uh, it's it, I see it more and more, in the, especially in the past 10 years. There are more and more people out fishing for catfish that know what they're doing. Uh, people have always fished for them, and I kind of call it junk fishing. They were putting bait in the water and hope something hit it, and most of the time it's a catfish. Uh, more and more people are going out now totally targeting them. That, that's all they're fishing for. That's all they're looking for. They're, the only other thing they're fishing for is some kind of bait to use to catch catfish. More and more pressure on the resource. So we as anglers, whether you're tournament fishing or just casually fishing, uh, tuned into it and live vicariously through somebody else, whatever the deal is, we got to be good stewards uh, for those fish, because as pressure increases, uh, mortality is going to increase. There'll be more fish taken, more fish killed, even accidentally. More will be kept, but more will be killed accidentally. So I think it's time that we start putting uh, the fish ahead of the chest thumping that comes with, oh, well, I want a big weigh-in. I, I want to be able to say I caught 120 pounds of fish. Uh, it don't sound as good when you only weighed in 68 pounds and the old tournaments used to weigh in 160. Put all that chest thumping aside and worry about the fish, worry about the resource. Put that above the big weight and the bragging rights. The bragging rights are going to be the trophy and the check that you get. Uh, it really doesn't matter whether that's one fish or five fish. Uh, you either win it or you don't. So put the fish first. Hopefully that explanation makes some sense. I've been wanting to sit down and talk this out for a while, and uh, I'd love to get your feedback on it. Uh, as always, you can leave comments on my Facebook page. I always put a link to these podcasts uh, on my Facebook page, and uh, be sure to leave some comments there. Love it or hate it, I don't care. I like to hear from you. And uh, as long as you keep it clean, keep the name calling and vulgarity out, uh, you can say whatever you want to. I'm very open to that. I love criticism. I love hearing the arguments because the arguments for or against help me really formulate the way I think and uh, uh, possibly 
possibly may even sway me from the way I think. So uh, I, I look forward to hearing from you and getting your comments. So that's it for now, folks. We'll catch you on the water.